There is a study in scripture that is fascinating to me, and it is the subject of angels. Pastor Larry, the dean of our Purpose Institute Bible College, gave me the privilege last month to teach on this subject to our Purpose Institute student body. For about two and a half hours, we taught, we discussed, we looked at what the scripture says regarding angels. And it's interesting that the word angel itself means messenger. That's literally what the word means. And so sprinkled throughout the scripture, numerous places, was God speaking through angels. And one of the things that I took note of is that when the angel would speak many times in scripture, I had to train myself to not think that that was simply the angel saying what they were saying but rather they are a messenger of God himself. And so their words were not their thoughts. Their words were the word of the Lord. It's one of these passages that I would like you to look at with me this morning. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Now I'm going to stop and just test it out. When Gabriel said the Lord is with you, that was not simply Gabriel. Stay with me right now saying, as I've perused this subject, I perceive that the Lord is with you. But rather, because that angel is a messenger from God, it's God saying, Mary, I'm with you. Do you see the distinction there? Verse 29, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I want to focus your attention on verse 33, the first part where it says, and he will reign. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach that there is rain in the forecast. Would you turn to someone and say, there's rain in the forecast? God bless you. You may be seated. We in the Gaddy household have had Spotify on repeat lately, playing Christmas jazz. Oh, yeah. And I have found myself humming 
Christmas songs for yay two, three weeks now. Real quick question. How many of you start celebrating Christmas real early? Anybody here? You like start even before Thanksgiving. Anybody? God bless you. Jingle bells. The little drummer boy. I've been humming hark the herald angels sing incessantly. I'm dreaming only in a song of a white Christmas. But in his providence, our Lord did not subliminally speak to the main characters of that first Christmas pageant. No, on, on the contrary. Rather, he had the same message to each one, to Mary, to Joseph, to Zechariah. The message was clear, and it was simply, do not be afraid. It really is the first message of Christmas. And to each was a different aspect of why they didn't need to fear. I wish you would look at two or three people around you and say, you don't need to be afraid. No, you don't need to be afraid. To Mary, the fear was of what the greeting from the angel really meant. To Joseph, the fear was to continue, whether or not to continue the plan to marry Mary. To Zechariah, the fear of an angel of the Lord standing before him while he ministered in the office of the priest in the temple. Eighty plus times in the Bible, the word of the Lord comes and says, fear not. Thirty plus times in the pages of scripture, the phrase do not fear, do not be afraid is listed. Now, you and I live in a culture full of fear, inundated with fear. I, I was driving in my truck recently listening to the radio, and all of a sudden it was like, some of you have been around, you've heard me say this before, it was like an aha moment. It just kind of hit me all at once. How much fear sells in our culture. It really does. Fear sells insurance real well. Have you ever seen this logo? We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And you better get a whole lot of insurance or the tree's going to fall through your house. The storm is going to wipe your house away. Fear sells. Have you ever seen this logo? Fear sells security systems. Because you can live in the safest place in America. But ADT will tell you that he is lurking around the corner, ready to invade my house in the middle 
of the night. They'll get me to buy glass protection and alarm systems. Have you ever heard one of those alarm systems go off? If I'm a burglar, I want nothing to do with that. That sells. Fear sells. How about this? You ever seen this logo? The fear that somebody is going to pretend to be Tim Gaddy. How about this one? This one's become a real big one. You don't use that. You're going to have people hacking and coughing all over you. You're going to have COVID-19, 20, 21, 22, and 23. Fear sells. Why is fear so powerful? Fear is powerful because it can change posture and it can change our direction. You hear a sound in the middle of the night, it'll wake your right, some of you, some of you will sleep right through it, but it'll wake you right out of your sleep. You'll jump up, you'll grab a baseball bat, your rifle, your shotgun, your fishing pole, something. It'll change your posture. It can paralyze us. Matthew chapter 14, Peter is walking on the water, and then he got his eyes on the waves. And when he saw the waves and the tumult and all the bad weather, he stopped walking. Fear paralyzed him. Fear can heighten our imagination to where we see things that are not even real. We can imagine things. I have a friend, Pastor Murray Ray, who pastors in Texas. He and I are deer hunters, and he told me one of the first times we ever went deer hunting, he said, Tim, i got to tell you about this. He said a few months ago, or actually the year before, he was deer hunting, and he walked into the woods by himself before sun up. And he said, I was walking in, making my way. I didn't have my phone light on or anything. I just kind of knew where I was going. And he said, all of a sudden... I stopped because I was standing right next to a man in the dark who was smoking a cigarette. And he said, it scared me so bad. He said, I just stopped. And I didn't know what to do. And so after a few tormenting moments, I simply said, morning. And the man said nothing. And he said, I thought to myself, I'm going to be a statistic. <laughs> They're going to read about me online getting killed in the deer woods. He said, I said it again, morning. Tried to get a very deep, gravelly voice. Morning. The man said Nothing, And he thought, I got two things I can do. I can run away like a scared child, or I can confidently walk to my deer stand. And I got all the gumption and confidence I could get, and I took a step toward my deer stand and kept walking and was hoping that a bullet wasn't going to come through my back at any moment. He said, it rattled me the whole morning. I thought to myself, I've got to find out where that guy went. Before he finished hunting that day, he retraced his steps right as dusk was coming. 
about the same light in the pre-dawn. And he said, I stood there hoping to maybe get a sense of what had happened earlier that morning. And he said, I realized that the man to which I said good morning was a tree. And the moon was casting just enough light to make me think that a man was smoking a cigarette in the woods right next to me. Fear can heighten our imagination. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 says, There is torment in fear. But let me preach to this great church this morning. If we're going to change our life and come to Jesus humbly, we're going to have to get over our fear. If we're going to sell out to the Lord and truly follow Jesus, we're going to have to battle the fear of what other people are going to say. If we're going to do anything for God, we're going to have to deal with fear. But thank God we don't have to deal with it in our own power. Because Paul wrote to Timothy and said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, we don't have to fear on Sunday morning because there is a king that is on the throne on this Sunday morning and his reign will be forever and ever and ever and ever. Come on, look at somebody and say, you don't have to fear. Hear me, New Life Church. You don't have to fear because your prayers have been heard. Whew. Now, I'm going to try not to internally combust in front of God and everybody today. And I know where I'm going. You don't know where I'm going yet, but I believe God's going to show up in his power on Sunday morning when someone realizes it's not quite as bleak as you might think it is on Sunday morning. And here's the reason why. Not because of you and not because of me, but the angel showed up and said, this king is reigning. And he is reigning today, and he's going to reign forevermore. That the scales have been tipped. He is on the throne. He is on the throne. Come on, shout it. Say, he reigns. Zechariah is serving the temple faithfully. The Bible says he was righteous before God and walking in all of the commands of the Lord. He was a blameless man. Now let me ask a very singular pointed question this morning. What prayer have you been praying in the normal course of your life? As you have gone along. What prayer have you been praying? What is it that you have been petitioning God about? You may say, well, pastor, I've been praying for two years now. And it doesn't seem like an answer has come. I have come to preach to you the word of the Lord. The Bible tells us that prayers are stored up. 
Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I'm thankful that when I pray, God puts that prayer in a bowl and he stores them up. And the Bible tells us one of these days those prayers are going to be poured out. Don't think for a second that God is not listening when we pray. We do not have to fear because God has heard our prayer. Oh, I got to preach it till somebody gets it in your spirit. You might have come in thinking that the heavens were brass and God's not listening. He has heard your prayer. He has heard your prayer. In fact, the angel came to Daniel in Daniel 10 and verse 12 and said this, Do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. The very first time you prayed about it, the very first time you petitioned God about it, the very first time you gave words to the Lord and said, Lord, this is my request, this is what I need. Oh, somebody needs to hear the word of the Lord today. God heard you the first time that you called. But he said, the angel told Daniel, there's been a battle going on, Daniel. I couldn't get here for 21 days, but I'm on location now. There's coming a day. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. There is coming a day your prayer was heard the first time that you prayed. But there's coming a day when the battle is going to be won and the victory is going to be in place. There is coming a day for God's glory to be seen. Your prayers have been heard. You don't have to fear. God's listening to us. We don't have to fear on Sunday morning because God sees things differently than we see. Ready? I'm going to go a little step further. And he sees us differently than we see ourselves. Oh, yeah. If I pass this mic around and I say, tell me about yourself. There'd be people in this room right now, you'd quickly pass the mic away. Why? Not because you don't like to speak. I've talked to you. You like to talk. <laughs> but because you disqualify yourself. How could God ever use me? I've started living for God and stopped living for God. I've started living for God and stopped living for God. I started coming to church and stopped coming to church. How could God ever use me? I've got failing tendencies. I've got things that are not perfect. If you are not perfect, get in line. Come on, help somebody out right now. Now listen, if you're perfect, you just sit there all sanctimonious right now. And this sermon is, well, actually the altar will be open for you. But if there's any flawed people in the house, if there's any people that get angry every once in a while, if there's any people that don't have it all together all the time, I wish you would turn to someone right now and say, that doesn't disqualify you from God hearing your prayer. He sees you differently than you see yourself. Mary, you're going to have a baby. Ha <laughs> ha. And you're not just going to have a baby. You're going to call his name 
Jesus. And he's going to save his people from their sins. And the first thing that Mary said was, whoa. Now that's in my version of the Bible. That's not actually in the King James. Whoa. I've never been with a man. Surely this couldn't happen to me. But how many of you know God sees us differently than we see ourselves? The Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Egypt's bondage. And Moses replied, Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. You could never use me. About 10 days ago, Kylie Plumley taught our small group lesson. She did a marvelous job teaching. And she taught us about excuses. <laughs> look at someone near you and say, you have an excuse. But then look right back at him and say, but it's not good enough. Whew, I feel dangerous this morning. We got deficiencies. We got things we're not proud of. We got things we wish were different. We got things about us we don't want anybody to know. We've got inadequacies. We've got things that just crop up all the time and creep up in our spirit. We've got deficiencies. I will say, if that's you, and you keep asking God to take away this calling and take away this desire and take away this because you're just too flawed, you are in good company today. Because Noah was drunk. Abraham was too old. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Gideon was afraid. Jeremiah was too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Don't do that. <laughs> Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job was bankrupt. John the Baptist wore strange clothes. Andrew lived in the shadow of his big brother. Peter denied Jesus Christ himself. The disciples fell asleep during a prayer meeting while Jesus was present. Martha worried about everything. The woman at the well was divorced more than once. Mary Magdalene was demon-possessed. Zacchaeus was too short. Timothy had an ulcer. Paul was a Christian killer. Lazarus was dead. What's your excuse? 
God's going to use you. God's going to use you. God sees us differently than we see ourselves. Come on, somebody. You're getting it right now. He's for us. He's on our side. He sees us differently than we see ourselves. Come on, you don't have to fear. You don't have to be afraid. God sees us. I feel like the Lord's in this sanctuary today. He's trying to get it through our thick skulls sometimes. If you would quit disqualifying yourself and step into what God has, he will make up the difference. He will enable you with what he calls you to do. See, folks, everything changes when we realize he reigns. Everything changes when we realize that the king of glory is on the throne. You and I don't have to fear on Sunday morning because God has always had and still has a plan. Yeah. Has it ever struck you that God is not figuring things out? I've heard preachers say, and I've probably said it before, God's up in heaven and he's working on your behalf. Well, yeah, he is, but he already knows about it. And it takes us on Sunday morning to pray a bold prayer. God, here's what the scripture says. Your kingdom come here on earth as it, what does this Bible say? As it is in heaven. Not that it's trying to get figured out in heaven, but as it is in heaven, you do that here on earth. Kingdom of God, come in Cabot today. Plan of God, come in my reality today. Kingdom of God, come in my family today. We don't have to fear because God has a plan. He has a plan even in the things we don't understand. This story that we talk about at Christmas, that I'll, I'll talk Wednesday night about it, I'll preach about it next Sunday as well. It's one that's easy to talk and kind of read, but if you put yourself in the story, it changes. Because now Joseph finds out that his betrothed wife, and let me just kind of cut through this so we know some verbiage and understand the culture. In the Jewish culture, when someone was betrothed, that's kind of a high fluting way of they were engaged to be married. And at the time of betrothal, they would be called husband and wife. A little different than we do, but it's that cultural thing. And before they consummate the marriage, Mary, obviously, as we read from Scripture, if you've read the Scriptures in your life, she has found a child. And this throws quite a difference in the story. Because now it's not as clean a story. In fact, so much so that the Bible says Joseph was thinking, well, how can I put, maybe put her away and dissolve this marriage because of the embarrassment and the questions and the people that will gossip? Kind of like the 
gossipers in the dinner theater play. <laughs> they were just acting. How do you get past that? And then the angel comes to Joseph and says, Fear not to take Mary as your wife, for she has been found with child. Watch this now. Of the Holy Spirit. In other words, what I am doing right now to work through your present trouble is a product of the Holy Spirit. You know what we need to get in the middle of our mess? We need to get the Holy Spirit working. We don't need to just try to figure it. How many of you just help a brother out right now? How many of you get tired of hearing yourself talk to yourself? Is there anybody here right now? You wish you would be more quiet talking to you. Oh, I felt a witness in the house right there. We need to get the Holy Ghost working in our mess. We need to get the Holy Ghost working in what we don't understand. We need to invite the Holy Spirit of God to step in and vanquish the fear and let us understand that God has a plan. Hear me right now. If you and I will yield our present circumstance to the Lord of glory and let his spirit begin to work on our behalf, he can be, bring about a plan that goes far beyond what we could ever understand. The Lord said the child would be called Jesus, and he would grow to save his people from their sins. This child would baffle the religious leaders of the day, and it would all come as the result of an unexplainable happening. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, John gives the word of the Lord in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Thirteen verses later, the Scripture says, and the Word, everybody say the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Allow me before I finish this sermon to define for you what the word, word means. It refers to not just written word, but the concept of God. The redemptive word of God. The plan of salvation from God. In the beginning was that word. And that word was with God. And that word was God. Why? Because before man sinned, God had a redemption plan in mind. In the very beginning of time, the Lord of glory knew there must be a Savior. There must be a pathway of redemption. It was with God from the beginning of time.
Job said it clearly, look, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. You and I do not have to fear today because the God who reigns always has a plan. I wish it's impossible for me to do it, but the Holy Ghost can do it. I wish that I could come down into the life of every person sitting in this room right now. And I wish I could do surgery on our brains and open up our heads and deposit hope inside of us that wherever we find ourselves, if we'll take that and yield that to the Lord, the one who reigns has a plan. He's got a plan. Everybody say, He reigns. Now, here's the way I'm going to finish this sermon. In just a moment, I'm going to have all of us stand all across this room. And I'm going to ask for a favor. It's just a simple favor. I I think we can do it. I'm going to ask that when we stand, that unless it's some emergency, we not move in and out for just a few minutes. Because I believe that the presence of the Lord, it's been here all morning, but now the word has been preached. And the Bible talks about the word mixing with our faith and God showing up in his power and his glory. When we stand in just a few moments, I'm going to ask you just to Quietly bow your head, and I'm going to begin to just speak God's word over this congregation. Because I feel like there's something that happens when God's word gets up in the atmosphere. And we begin to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. It begins to heal, and it begins to deliver, and it begins to lift up, and it begins to encourage. I believe as the word is being declared over this congregation, the spirit of the Lord is going to work in union with that word. And there's going to be healings take place in this room. And there's going to be some people who your mind is lifted a little bit higher. You're going to go to bed tonight. And you're going to realize that the the, the trap and the bondage that fear has had on you is a little less tonight when you go to bed. How many of you would sign up for that right now? You would say, I want that in my life. I do not want to fear. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. 
The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow, but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isaiah said, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong. Do not fear, behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and he will save you. Anybody in this house thankful that the word vanishes fear and the word fights against fear and the word comes in its glory and in its power. I wonder if there are those in this sanctuary who are ready for a change in your mind and in your thinking and you're ready to let loose of the fear that has entrapped for too long. Would just slip your hands up to heaven and say, God, I yield to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, all across this room, you do not have to just whisper a prayer. You do not have to just mildly say a prayer. You can lift up your voice with boldness on Sunday morning and say, God, I need you. God, I depend upon you. Come on, all across this room. Come on, ladies. Come on, gentlemen. Come on, young people. Come on, young adults. Come on, children, lift up your voice. You do not have to fear. The Lord reigns forevermore. He is on the throne this morning. Come on, the psalmist said, I sought the Lord and he heard my cry and he delivered me from all of my fear the lord is my light and he is my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is the strength of my life of whom shall i be afraid the lord is on my side i will not fear what can man do to me you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and he is their shield. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He reigns. He reigns, he reigns, he reigns, he reigns. He doesn't just reign today, he reigns tomorrow. He doesn't just reign on Sunday, he reigns in January. He reigns, he reigns, he reigns. Now, how many of you here right now, through the preached word of God, you're seeing something different about your reality than when you walked in here today. How, how many of you right now? How many of you feel a little bit of lifting in your spirit? Why don't you bring that request right now with that renewed mind 
and come quickly to this altar. Would you just come quickly from all over the sanctuary? That need, that situation, that reality. Would you come with that renewed mind and thinking when you hit this altar, I wish you would put your hands up in the air and say, Lord, I'm declaring that you reign on high today. Woo, you're gonna reign over my family. You're gonna reign over my physical body. You're gonna reign over my prodigal children. You're gonna reign over my mom and my dad. You're gonna reign over my ministry. You're gonna reign you, reign you, reign forever more. Come on, young people, that's it. He reigns in your life. Come on, single adults, he reigns in your life. Come on, elders, he reigns in your life. He reigns because he reigns. I do not fear. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and lift up that voice to the Lord right now. Go ahead and lift up that voice to the Lord right now. Go ahead and lift up that voice to the Lord right now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.